1: J.C. John Paz. And with me, as always, is the star of the show, former WWE Tag Team Champion, eight-time Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champion, as well as one of the greatest trainers in the history of professional wrestling. He is the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard. Tom, how are you today?
0: John, doing great today. What a great day it is to be alive during these uh, trying troubles and times we're living through right now but i'm i'm still here i'm glad you are too
1: now there's so much craziness going on in the world i don't know if you were able to see because i know i know a lot of people are home right now and they got other things about their mind but were you able to catch a little documentary called the well it's not really a documentary it's really a documentary series on viceland called dark side of the ring
0: well as a matter of fact i
1: have oh okay
0: what are your thoughts
1: uh, I think they do a pretty daggum good job,
0: and uh, I just saw the one on New Jack, and uh,
1: having worked with Jack, uh,
0: I thought they did a really good job.
1: Awesome, because that is kind of the topic or the subject I wanted to touch today, and that was New Jack and the gangsters in Smoky Mountain, so it be great that you actually were able to see that. Yeah,
0: yeah, it really was, man, and uh, I got to tell you, from the first time, <clears throat> pardon me, The first time I I met Jack and Mustafa, I think, I believe, it was in Johnson City, um, Tennessee. And uh, didn't know him. This was the first match I remember with him, too, because Jack came off running on the apron i was on the floor and he'd on me with the clothesline it wasn't stiff it was solid but it wasn't stiff it was working but he was he was shooting with it but he wasn't shooting anyway He was a good solid clothesline and you could tell those are the kind of guys uh that love to get in there and do the actual fighting and brawling and and they weren't afraid of heat they were not afraid of heat certainly new jack wasn't afraid of heat but yeah man it was um uh, uh an interesting experience with those guys not in a bad way for me at all
1: So when you first lay your eyes on <laughs> him what are your thoughts on New Jack Um gosh man he he
0: had he looked like he could work and what, what I mean by that is some some guys uh you look at him and you just wonder ooh but New Jack had a uh way about him I guess when he talked and uh, joked, you know, he was at ease with himself in Smoky Mountain, which is good. Um, that 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 was my first impression, you know, that he kind of knew what he was, had an idea that he knew what he was doing. And you have to have that. You have to have that confidence, and he did. And like I said, there was something about him when they first walked out, uh, he and Mustafa. I don't think Dilo was with him yet. He might have been uh definitely had that electricity definitely had that that um uh energy uh, that he carried with him and it was kind of it was one of those uh, uh cool energies i think that that he was one of those people uh who you you gave respect you earned respect and then you got respect cuz he he understood how that code goes and and um i think he gave everybody an opportunity to to uh, be cool, be respectful, and, and, you know, understand here's what he's here to do and here's what he's, he's going to do. And uh, he, he's doing it because that's what wrestling was back then. It was that part of the real real uh,
1: person turned up to 10, and that seemed to be who he was. So did you ever know him before? You kind of met him in Smokey Man. Did you have any clue who he was? No. Did not um the first time
0: I met him was in Smoky mountain, but over the years uh would' run into him in different places and he was always uh always a straight up guy in the back to me always one of those guys you know and yes he was he was he crazy hell a lot of people were crazy back then, but uh to be able to go through that era and yes he did some questionable things maybe, but that that was adding to the real legend of New Jack. I mean, that's uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, he, he has legendary status in the wrestling business. And it's not always good. I'm not saying that it's a great thing, but I'm saying it's definitely something um, that not everybody can carry, not everybody can handle, not everybody can attain. Not that they would want to, but he's, he's infamous in some circles and and revered in others, I guess. Um, the, I You know, people like – I think there were more people like New Jack back then than anybody wants to really remember or bring up. You know, you had your Brodies who were renegades, and I'm not saying you did the same thing as New Jack, but I'm saying there were people like that who were going to blaze their trail their way no matter
1: what. So – when Cornette brings him in, does he say anything like "Oh, uh, I got the gangsters coming in," or does he mention them at all? Mm. Now that's that's one thing I do not recall
0: having a conversation about. I just uh, and we might have, I just don't remember it um, because I think it, that was about the time we either just got done with rock and roll, or I don't know. I guess we were turning babyface because they were heels when they came in. And uh, so, but I, I don't remember having that conversation with Jim. Quite honestly.
1: So when you look at New Jack, like let's just like you said, you didn't know him. He's coming in. You hear his promos. You see his look. He, you kind of get the character down. What's kind of your thoughts? Like this guy's going to make it. He's got, like you said, he's got that good energy. He's kind of cool. Or you think like, oh god, he's going a little overboard. You know, the OJ Simpson stuff, the racist stuff. What like, what were your thoughts on all that? All of his looks in his uh, promo. Yeah. Well once again
0: uh, I was uh, I grew up watching uh, wrestling in Texas and listening to the um, the Texas speak and and some some uh, I guess controversial what's the word controversial walking walking that line promo type thing with Terry Fong talking about Jose Lothario and all you Mexicans in Houston and and uh, getting a little stiff sometimes, but not, not as stiff as Jack. But at the same time, it went back to that authenticity. And it went back to uh, when I heard him say it, I know he was feeling it, which was good because he was doing business with us working in the ring. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the stuff that Jack gets knocked for, and, and either rightfully so or rightfully not, Uh Carving up a kid who obviously lied about his age, but you know, I don't know if ignorance is any excuse at the same time, his father shouldn't ever let this kid come in. He wasn't right. ready to wrestle. I mean, listen, there, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. And and was it right for Jack to go out there and do it. Maybe not morally, but at the same time, um, if you weren't, familiar with ECW and you weren't familiar with New Jack, that's really on you. You should have done your due diligence. You should have read the the, the temperature in the room, but but he didn't, and, and, I, and he got on the bad end of it, no doubt, but that's the way things were done back then, and I think because of so many cell phones with cameras on it and because the world's not the same as it was back then, that's why we're hearing more about it today, but uh You know That's That's happened Through the years And I'm, I don't condone it I really don't But uh In New Jack's case Knowing that Once again He lives I believe he lives by the creed Give respect Earn respect Get respect uh, Pure and simple You don't come over And tell him Hey I want to get this This and this in And You should have respected Where you were In the dressing room That That was the rules Back then Uh Anyway, and I know it sounds terrible, but really, no. That was the business you knew you were in, and, and that was a chance a lot of us were willing to take and uh, knew, knew that was in front of us. And and a lot of people back then, I guess, came in, figured it was going to be a joke, and, and especially in ECW. That's crazy, so.
1: is Not that he would condone it, but. Do you think that like the over the top, like you know, you play the guy once, but then you keep doing it? Do you think that it's a little bit kind of uh, taking a guy for granted or taking it too far? Let me explain this again. Um, professional
0: wrestling is not for everybody, and what I mean by that is this: I don't think anybody who just watches it on TV or or, or has this grand idea that they can do it because they want to. And aren't willing to put in the work, and aren't willing to go through the, their due diligence and their steps, don't understand that this is this really is. And at one time was an even more special business, and that's my opinion. But it it took a different kind of guy to get in this, or a girl, or lady, or woman, or whatever it is. It, it it's not. You know, we're we're not going out. Um, uh, you know, doing all this crazy stuff, um, just just to do it, I guess. I mean, it was because that—that's who these guys were. That's who these guys are. And, and I think Jack came from that uh, philosophy of being authentic and being real. And uh, somebody in the back comes up to you and says, "Hey, I want to do these spots," and he doesn't know anybody in that locker room. His first night in. And he should have just shut up and, and listened, and everything might have been fine. Don't know, but um, no, not that I condone it. But it's that if you're going to go swim in the ocean, you have to know what kind of fish are out there. You really do. And if you were swimming in an ECW's locker room, you should have known. And if you didn't know, that's on you. And if the dad's, if the if the kid's dad looked around and saw that cast of characters and thought, Oh, Hey, this is great. <laughs> you know, Hey, sure. Want to babysit for me next week too? And cried. No,
1: uh, that's my take on it. It really is. He was a bit disrespectful for sure. Thinking he's going to be some rookie coming in like, Oh, this is what I want to do. Blah, 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 blah in the match. Right. That never yeah. should happen.
0: No, that never should happen. And and that's, that's no, well, no, it's not an excuse, but it could be an explanation to what tipped Jack off. I mean, it really set him off uh, again. And that ECW crowd, my goodness. If you didn't know about ECW and you walked in there and figure like Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, I think didn't know anything about pro wrestling. And his first match was an ECW match. The first one he saw, and I think they crucified Sandman or something like that. Raven mm-hmm. did all yep. this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Kurt didn't want to do it then, but then all of a sudden he realized, okay, there's another genre to this. There's another part of this that maybe he does. But you know, that's at least Kurt. Kurt saw it and knew, said, "Nah, I don't think so." But this kid, if he didn't know it, once
1: again, it's up to him to do his due diligence. Thing that was very interesting about that, if you watch Devon, who's his tag partner, he like literally gets quote unquote thrown out of the ring. He's out of there. Like he was, he was even kind of in on it. We're like, all right, teach this kid a lesson. You know what I mean? Like, uh, all right, you know, I understand what's going on here.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, he he he. Of course, he did. Mm -hmm. Everybody except the kid knew what was going on, and that's the shame of this whole thing. Nobody properly trained him. He walked into this is. I'll give you an example. You know, he, the, the kid walked in not knowing really what he was getting into, obviously. Uh, and that's one one reason why, you know, I, I've had guys ask me about going to these tryouts sometimes. Well, when I say you're not ready, it doesn't mean um, what I mean, by you need to have gear. You need to look the part. You you need to walk. You can't walk in there with sweatpants, uh and and not you know looking like you just had something thrown together and you don't have a clue what you're doing. You've been wrestling three months. You think you're ready for a tryout? No, you're not. You don't even have gear. You know, same thing with the kit. It's like you you have to know what you're getting into. You don't know. I I know what they're going to tell you to do to try out. I know what a tryout's for. Um, and, and you need to keep your mouth shut. But you need to look the part. You need to uh, look like you know what you're doing. Have have gear. Um, and be respectful All at the same time Respect is a big thing At least it was a big thing In professional wrestling Many, many years ago And I think it still holds true today um, Just not so much On the independent level, I guess Or maybe it does, I really don't know Because I don't go out to a whole lot of independent shows The ones I do go to are okay But uh <sighs>
1: You know, again, give respect, earn respect, and you get respect. Was he kind of intimidating at all, just from a fan perspective? It was like, man, especially with Mustafa standing next to him. My God, the guy's a monster. Like, is that like an intimidating duo at all, or, or, well, or no?
0: Yeah, but but here's the thing.
1: I mean, we knew
0: knew Jack uh, backstage. He was he when he was in front of a crowd. He was a different. Uh, Energy. It was a different thing. I mean, but backstage, he was funny. He was... uh, uh, Every time I saw him, I always had a a laugh with him. always had a good time. So there's no... There's a difference between in the ring, in in front of the people, and, and in the dressing room. And that's what I mean. He was authentic when he went out and had to be authentic. When he said what he said on his promos, he meant it from the heart. But he knew... Uh, where that would get him, and that's where he wanted to go. He wanted that heat, and he could handle it. Um, I think, you know, there's a story where Ricky and and Robert told them they were driving a nice car to the town. He says, man, you guys better not drive that car here anymore. And Jack originally thought that he was just uh, messing with him, didn't want to drive a nice car. He said, no, 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 these people will destroy your car. (laughs) They'll key it. They'll, you know, flatten your tires. They'll... They'll hurt you, man, because you're getting serious heat. And some guys are afraid of it. Some guys don't want it. So for for me, especially back in that day, uh, you came out to crowds around the southeast who wanted to scream and yell and have fun at the wrestling matches. And when you had a guy like New Jack and Mustafa and D'Lo, all three of those guys came out, they looked intimidating, yes. But I knew them from the back, and I knew them going in the ring with them. And I knew how they would – when you work with somebody, uh, you know if they had it or not, and they did. All three of them did. So uh, (laughs) it's a different world, different place, and uh, I'm glad they're telling a story. Because not a lot of people are going to like it. I've read the comments, oh, he's a criminal, he should be, whatever he should. But, once again, um, wrestling isn't for everybody, and pro wrestling certainly not for everybody. And sports entertainment isn't for everybody. Just
1: get on that note, too. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, you mentioned kind of doing that gimmick in the South. Did you think, like, when he first started doing it, like, uh-oh, this is going to be great in one aspect, but like Ricky Morton was trying to tell him, like this is going to be some serious shit you're going to have to deal with. Did you think that gimmick was definitely going to be a huge heat magnet? Uh, Yeah. Pretty much had that feeling from the beginning
0: because, as I said, Jack just didn't care. He really didn't care. He would take it right up to the line. And... sometimes it's just... They drag you over the line. You don't even have to cross it. They cross it with you. So, yeah, you could
1: tell because he was intense.
0: He was intense on his promos. He was intense when he walked out.
1: Causing riots as well. I mean, that's one of those things where it's was like, holy crap, this guy's causing so much, you know, issues and problems that he's literally causing some riots. Well, Jim Cornette's caused a few riots in his time, too. Yes, yes. You know,
0: so, I mean, I think Jimmy was... I, I haven't discussed it with him, but I think Jim was okay with that too, um, because he realized it was good. I think during the the Vice episode, though, he does say they had to put a disclaimer at the at the bottom uh, of his promo sometimes, saying this is we do not whatever not, <laughs> yeah. this is not what we think. It's all him
1: type thing, you know. That was funny, like if you re- and if you go back and watch Smokey Mountain, obviously, you know, wherever if you have them on tape, YouTube, or whatever. It is funny you go back and that's on there doing his promos. Well because, we
0: we we're in East Tennessee, we're in the, yeah. the Smoky Mountains, the Appalachian Mountains. You know, yes, these people will come down and they don't think twice about it. You wanna talk about O J? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was serious. I mean he could he could really get some serious heat.
1: And and you know. You very few people like that come along, and he was one of them. So really kind of the first time you guys actually wrestled them was January of 1995 to Heavenly Bodies, obviously you and Jimmy Del Rey at this point, versus Mustafa and New Jack, the gangsters. And it really kind of starts out with a lights-out match. I know so many people always say lights-out means no DQ, blah, blah, blah. What do they mean by lights out? I always hear that because it's, it's like a weird term. What, why why right. not just a street fight? Why not just no DQ? Why lights out? Okay,
0: in the old days, what they used to do in the arenas, um, they would say, all right, ladies and gentlemen, our next match, main event, it's a lights out match, which means the arena would go dark, they'd turn the lights out in the arena, and then turn them right back on because now we put the lights out, the night's over, but now we're going to symbolically put them back on. Now, this this match isn't sanctioned by any governing body. The National Wrestling Alliance, Sam Muchnick, Nick Hale, Stanley Kubrick, or Stanley whatever, Blackburn, Uh, From AWA and Vince McMahon. All this bullshit is what it is. It's the lights out match. And that was the tradition back then. Because I read about that years ago. Um, They they, they would turn the lights down for like five seconds. Turn them back up. Now let them do them in this match. Non-sanctioned. Lights out match. No disqualification. (laughs) Winner has to, uh, I don't know, brush the other dog's teeth for a week. I don't know. Yeah. That was that was that was it.
1: And this first match was in Cookville, Tennessee, if you remember that beautiful venue.
0: Well I thought it was uh, Johnson City, but I uh, probably was Cookville. But uh no, I really don't remember that that fine venue. Sounds like a fine venue though, Cookville, Tennessee. Don't know how we get any better than that.
1: But <laughs> Yeah And then it seems like you're wrestling basically again the next night at the Knoxville Civic Center in Knoxville, Tennessee. Again, you guys, this time goes to a, a, a double DQ. The first night, they end up beating you guys. Do you remember, like, working them? Like, what What are your thoughts of when you actually get in the ring and, and start working them? Like, are they good workers, bad workers? I know you said stiff and snug, but how were they? No, no, no. They were actually good workers. They, they really were. That's what I'm
0: saying. You know, you, uh, the way I could tell if somebody could work or not, if they're not snatching you around, they're not um, – Bullying you over here and bullying you all, all over the ring. They're working with you and you're working with them, and that's how they were. I mean, they were solid, but uh, uh, they knew how to work. They weren't, um, no, they they weren't stiff. They they knew how to work. That's for sure. Solid, yes, and that was good. They were solid because they needed to be solid. They couldn't throw bullshit clotheslines and punches and things like that or or forms. Uh, and, and they didn't, but the holes and the rest of the stuff and everything else, understood, they understood the pace. And would they get excited at times? Of course, we all got excited sometimes. But that was, again, part of that energy, energy, and it was authentic. So, Is
1: it harder to work with guys that are more of the brawling type rather than like Ricky and Robert who are just great workers all around? I mean, it's really kind of technicians, you and Jimmy, against the brawlers of the gangsters.
0: No, no. The, if they know how to brawl, no. But um, some guys think brawling is just just uh, beating the shit out of each other for ten minutes. Solid. No, that that just exposes everything. But no, these guys didn't hit a brawl, and they would hit you and let you sell, and they would sell, and there would be those moments in between. And once again, that's that's part of learning. <laughs> where to put that and, and how it fits. So if you have a good brawling team that, that understand there's going to be selling in the beginning and then you're going to have to sell You're gonna to have to make a comeback. And, um, no, I don't think it was that hard. Again, if the guys knows, knows what they're doing, uh, and have a feel
1: for it, then, then no, it's not hard. So who leads the match? Like when you guys are going over the match in the back, like are you guys kind of leading it? Because you guys are the veterans. Well, in this case, uh, we laid everything out that we knew we were going
0: to do, but uh, we followed them and they followed us. We we were pretty much I don't I don't believe we ever had. Uh, they were the heel, so we pretty much followed their lead when they were going to give us stuff. Well, we never called anything like that. For instance. The the one close-on I'm remembering, I guess, was in Johnson City, and we didn't call it. It's just we were at the right place it, by the ring, and, and he just took it. You know, so that was that kind of match. <clears throat> Whatever uh, – if we were going to take over, we would take over until it was time, and then Jack would – Mustafa would take over, and, and we would just uh, feel it out there. So I think we, we were both uh, – for instance, it wasn't just those guys calling it If we if we called something out there, we'd call it and they'd do
1: it, and vice versa. So basically, you guys are the baby faces, which is kind of different and interesting for the Heavenly Bodies, who naturally and more often than not were the heels. Was it different and weird being the baby face? Well. In this case, we were doing the same thing
0: We were just doing them against the gangsters now So it was just, I think uh, The fact that they didn't like the gangsters So much uh, that they li- It wasn't that they liked us They were just cheering us because we were Going against the gangsters And we really didn't change anything except our reactions, I think And even then it really Wouldn't uh, change I don't believe we ever played to the crowd Like baby faces or <clears throat> Excuse me, anything like that But, um Oh gosh. Just I don't think no, i I prefer being a heel because uh I, I guess I just do. I can't I can't tell you exactly why. But in this case, um I don't think it was so weird. It was just that was uh obviously the position because here's the gangsters running all, all over everybody and then they finally turn on Cornette and here he brings his team back. So
1: uh I mean for the story it fit. Yes, there's no doubt about it. And there's no way that they're not going to be the heels with the promos and stuff that they're throwing out there. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, there's no way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're in
0: you're in uh, East Tennessee. You, they weren't <laughs> going to get over talking about uh, what they were talking about. You ain't kidding.
1: So as far as another match I'll throw out, out at you, February 23rd, 95, a six-man tag at the National Guard Armory in Ashland, Kentucky, Bobby Blaze, legendary Bobby Blaze in the Heavenly Bodies. Beat the gangsters, D'Lo, Mustafa, and New Jack. First of all, just got to say Bobby Blaze, because we really haven't mentioned him, former Smoky Mountain World Champion, yep. great worker, great wrestler. What are your thoughts on Bobby?
0: Oh, man. Bobby was another guy who was cool to have around, who just got it. He was one of the boys. Uh, and I saw him two years ago in uh, WrestleCade, uh, Winston-Salem. And, uh, Still loves the business And when he came in He had fire He was that baby face uh, Fireball You know I would say Tommy Rich type But but Bobby was different man Bobby knew how to wrestle and Bobby knew how to fire up So yeah that's that's why uh, I think Jim Medium the Smokey Mountain champion Because he knew he's going to have good matches Do you
1: remember that six man tag at all?
0: You know I could I could sit here and tell you yes, but I don't because uh, the, the the parts that I remember uh, are, are the matches that I don't remember necessarily specific matches unless they just are hammered into me about five thousand times. But no, I don't remember that that one particular match. I don't,
1: um, unfortunately. So it's interesting. D'Lo Brown gets put in the group and he says it in the Viceland documentary, which if you're like really astute and you realize it, he's in there, obviously younger guy, kind of learning the ropes, kind of a great guy to throw in there with them. Great worker. But he might be the there to take the fall so that New Jack and Mustafa stay strong and he can kind of take the losses for them while just keep the gangsters strong. Is that like exactly correct on how they and why they would put him in that group? By all means uh, Deagle was young
0: Coming in Getting some experience To hang around with these guys And learn how to lose You know you got to lo- Know how to lose Before you can win And uh, I remember a story <laughs> Real quick Just just take a side tr- A side street here real quick uh, I think it was Kurt Hanning Tells a story about Kerry Von Erich In the garden They tell Kerry He's got to lose You know and so, well, How do I do that? So Kim, I'm gonna pin you one two three, and Kerry says, "Then what do I do? You know." So I mean, I don't think has lost too many matches in his life, and and he wasn't sure what to do when he got when he got pinned. I mean, oh my god, yeah. So I think D'Lo going in there and and you know learning how to take the falls, watching the timing at ringside, getting an education. Uh, you know, he did okay in his career. He did just fine, so if I thought Deo made a, a, a hell of a heel, hell of a baby face, but um, yeah, that was his spot. He knew it, and he was getting an education, getting a wrestle, uh, and, and and man, just just be around the business. What else could you ask for back then?
1: What did you think about him as a worker?
0: Oh, deal d was a great worker right off the bat, too. He understood. You, you know, again, locking up with these guys, it, if, if they lock up or slap you in the ear or just drag you down, you know you're in trouble. But that never happened with any of those guys. You lock up with them, and they got it, and they understood. You can, it, it's a feeling thing. You know, when you lock up, and it's a good, solid lockup, but it's not that, that, <laughs> that where you can't control anything and you don't know what you're going to do next or where, or where we're going, that's not good. So all those guys
1: had it. From the very beginning, I just think that's such a good job by Cornette But it's an interesting pairing—like put the young guy with them. but the young guy that's actually like a good worker and can really go, and more of a technician type, but definitely fits in with the gangsters for sure.
0: But yeah, but that—that that was how the business was done back then. They would take a young guy that they wanted to groom, or they just happen to find somebody out there and and stick him with somebody else, and and give him a chance to learn get, and get that education at ringside, in the dressing room, in a car, you know, during the day to the town, (laughs) all those elements were still in place in a place like Smoky Mountain. And uh, that was, that was invaluable. That's an invaluable education. And it's the, the sad part is there's no model like that, that exists today where you can get that same education and experience. And I think Deilo would say it was one of the best experiences of his life. You know, starting out like that, and and being around Mustafa and New Jack and and those guys and Cornette and us, and just having a good time. But at the same time, you're getting you're getting the lessons uh, in this, and and this being you know, the Southeast and learning how this works and learning what really is heat and learning how to control it and learning how to manipulate it. And, um, you know, so I, I think he made that okay. Yeah, I think if he would have missed this, he would have missed a huge uh, part in the
1: education of his wrestling career. I'm just thinking, and just, it's got to be funny, too, because New Jack, traveling with him, being like a rookie and going on the road. So what was New Jack like really, like kind of traveling the roads and doing that thing? I know you said you kind of stayed to yourself. You'd be quiet. Jimmy Del Ray, more of a loud partyer. Like, how was New Jack out there on the road and partying and stuff? Uh,
0: you know, see, there's the thing.
1: Um, we couldn't associate in,
0: in Knoxville. And I didn't really associate with him uh, outside the arena in ECW. But I I got the impression Jack wasn't a dummy by any stretch of the imagination. He knew if he was gonna go in some hot spots he might get trouble, so I don't think he I think Jack was one of those guys too who didn't go in you know, a public place looking for trouble. I think Jack was smart enough to lay low and, and he's discussed what he's done on, on the uh on the Vice series, you know he's, he's talked about it and partying and whatever it may be, but it wasn't like uh I don't think he was one of those loud guys in a club, and I think Jack was more more of the laid back guy too. Who, if he was going to do something, he would go somewhere else, private or with with a few select people. So that's how that's how I saw him. I never had the opportunity to really uh, go out and, and party with him. We came in. He came in. Gosh, a couple months ago, maybe December uh, for KFW in Sevierville. Um, and did a special, special shot. And we went out afterwards and just got something to eat and a drink and talked. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a long time, but you know, it's, it's funny how you, how you remember something and then, you know, other people remember it. So, uh, but he 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 seemed to be in a good place and and seemed to have a lot of fond uh, memories, you know, of his of his life in, in Smoky Mountain Wrestling
1: and ECW, so. Yeah, and going out with him and hanging out with him, I had the chance. To, it was either last year or the year before we booked him for a show. So you're thinking, oh, New Jack's crazy. He's going to be this right. Man. He's actually pretty cool. He's pretty normal. He pretty does mellow. carry. Her- yeah, pretty well. Yeah. The only thing that's crazy, he just carried around this like gigantic knife in his in his bag. Um, right. <laughs> well, what's, like, what's, what's, cra- what's crazy hell? about that? It's New Jack. You know what I
0: mean? What you? It's like, well, why why would that be so crazy, man? You, uh, he's no, really no. got. That, I know, I know, but that, that's what I mean. Once you realize, well, oh, he had a, a knife in his bag. Who did? New Jack. Oh, what's what's crazy about that? It's like like Sandman carrying a six pack in his
1: bag. I mean, come on. But you don't think like he's like a big wrestling fan, just just in general. But he really was a big fan. He said Ricky and Robert was like his favorite. He loved them. We are just talking about Smoky Mountain and stuff. He liked working with you guys, having bodies. It's just funny. It's like you just don't think of New Jack. You just think of him just being just off the wall nuts. But that's what I mean. It's such a judgmental
0: thing, you know, just, just for the people who don't know him. But they hear about these horrific things he's been He's actually done, I was going to say accused of, but, but not only accused of, but he's, he's, he has done some horrific things. But once again, you, you,
1: uh,
0: it's not. I don't want to sound, well, I don't care how I sound. I'm not defending anybody. I'm just explaining that there was a time in this business when there was a lot more respect and a lot more value placed on it. And I don't know that that's been around for a long time. I could be I, I I could be wrong, but my instincts tell me um there's a huge element out there who believes uh respect means nothing. And that's that's not true to some people. And I think um I I, I think that when you want to infringe on somebody else's uh I guess beliefs or rights or whatever you, whatever it is, and you know, respect has a huge part to do with it. You can either respect the way they feel, and give them the opportunity because we all have our opinions; we're we're free to state them. And at the same time, don't be so offended when they say the same thing about your views or, or whatever it may be. You know, people who 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 talk about what was what happened in the old days of wrestling. Yes, was it crude? Was it was it. Uh, at times, over the line, of course it was. But again, we weren't accountants by any stretch of the imagination. Mm, yep. and, and honest to goodness, um, yeah, I really do truly believe that it does take a special person to want to do this crazy thing called professional wrestling. I really, really do. And I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying it's worse. I'm just saying it's different. If you want normalcy, if you want, to definitely make sure you don't get hurt or carved up or come across some crazy people. Guess, here's an idea. Don't go around crazy people. And don't go around the ECW arena. And don't go around these things that you think are exciting if you're not sure. And if you're 17 years old, whatever he was, it's his dad, I think, should really be on the hook for this. And talk about why would you do that to your son? You know, you, you you didn't know, and now all of a sudden, when you come come to find out, I don't know. I just I, I uh, read some of the comments people make about New Jack, and uh, whatever happened happened. But the the whole story, and uh, being there um, yourself. You, is, is a totally different thing,
1: I think. It's so funny because uh, our, our both of our buddies, Shane Douglas, asked me, he said, hey, before I watched this documentary, did they, did they go into, like, why he kind of was the way he was? And I said, well, put it this way, his father stabbed and shot his mother at one point. He goes, all right, that kind of answers that question. All right, I'm going to watch this now. Right. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's kind of like why he is the way he is. Obviously, I mean, his father was not the best example to him at all. Right. Uh, again,
0: it goes back to authenticity. He should be a lot more angrier than he actually is. And if you, like you said, when you went out went out with him after the show, right? Kind of mm-hmm. easy going, mellow, doesn't want to fight. Yep. Don't know, he wants to laugh. He wants to have a good time. He wants to enjoy himself. And it's the same way back in the dressing room. It was the same way, uh, you know, but, but at, the same, at the same time, we always tell people in this business, you find who you are and turn, in, turn the volume up to 10. He turned it up to 11. Or fifteen, man. He he really did, it, but that was him living it. And because he lived it, he can he can speak about it, and he can come uh, with truth. <laughs> you know the the old saying is like I, I tell the truth even when I lie. You know, mm-hmm. the scarface line. Well, yep. it's same thing. But once again, you know, uh, I don't think Jack would just hang out with anybody. He wants to hang out with people that he's comfortable with and he wants to do things, and and it, again, you know, back in those days, the ECW locker room was uh, unique to any other locker room I'd ever been in, and it was, but, but you got that feeling. There there definitely was a team uh, energy in the air. You definitely felt it was those guys against the world. You definitely felt that they had something to prove, and a guy like New Jack... <laughs> was in the perfect spot because man he, let him go and he he'll he'll take you where you need to be but um you know that that's just that was the attitude back then of course
1: you know we've changed a lot of attitudes about a lot of things since then so so let's go back to smoky mountain we were talking about february 23rd 95 but february 24th Ninety-five. The Gangsters Defeat You and Jimmy Del Rey in a weird venue called the Peel's Palace in Erlanger, Kentucky. Yes. Am I pronouncing that all correctly? What kind of uh, uh, venue is this? I think it's Peel's...
0: Yeah, Peel's Palace in... Uh, where was it? Erlanger, yes. Erlanger, yeah, Erlanger.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Chris Candido dropped the NWA title there to Dan Severin, too, I believe. Um, well, it was... Uh, yeah, it was just, I, I guess like a barn is the best way to describe it Or Orlinger's place. And from what I remember, uh, maybe it was a bar set up in there too, but some of those places, I got to tell you, John, I, I put out of my memory for a reason, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do, I do recall though, I took a picture with Chris, uh, Candido at, uh, uh, Peel's Palace where he's wearing the title and he's wearing Buddy Landell's robe. Uh and uh he signed it to me. I've I've got it still to this day. And I remember taking it there because that's where he dropped it. That's the night he dropped it to Severn. So um yeah, I think it was just a part of Les Thatcher's uh or maybe not maybe Les wasn't promoting back then. Could have been uh could have been something Jim or Sandy Scott got. But
1: That's about all I remember, kind of a barn with a bar. It is interesting because you're right. Severin beats beats Candido for the title, but that's not the main event. You guys are the main event. Uh, Well, of course. (laughs) Sure. Why wouldn't we?
0: I mean, the NWA wasn't exactly, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we were the main event that
1: night. The kind of interesting thing too, if you just kind of go back and you look at some of those cards, like who's on the undercard kind of thing, you know, you know Unabomb, aka Kane, Al Snow, Rock and Roll Express, Buddy Landell, you mentioned, Dirty White Boy, pretty damn good, state, uh, stature of guys. I mean, Smoky Mountain was uh, legit, awesome, awesome uh, talent level.
0: Well, it really, it really was in that sense because you had guys who had a code <laughs> when, when they were. In the business, and um you know you had a lot of different attitudes, you had a lot of different personalities, you had a lot of different um, elements to factor in when you put a crew like that together because it was certainly old school, and I say it lovingly, but wrestling it really was and and that could be um, going out there on a really good night. And having a great match, um, you know, especially during that time, we were working with the Rock and Roll Express, the Fantastics, the Gangsters, and guys like that. And you had to feel something when you went out to the ring. You had to to get into it. Now you're you're feeling the crowd, and the crowd is uh, uh, a a hard hardcore old school crowd and they they know what wrestling is you know southern wrestling and that's what we give them blood and guts so yeah i think smoking mountain was definitely legit and definitely the real deal it just came along at the wrong time in history uh the territories were going away i got in on the on the tail end of all the territories and um gosh I don't know that we could ever do that again today with cable and internet and all this other stuff. But, but you know, when you found those group of guys, they were there together because they all had the same mindset. And Cornette um, was smart enough to do it. He was just overwhelmed and didn't have enough staff. He He was trying to do everything himself from booking the talent, writing the shows, producing the shows, uh pretty much hands on everything and he had help with Brian uh, Hildebrand, KC and um a couple guys but what really i think held all that together was guys like New Jack and Mustafa Dilo and uh who, who had real heat and weren't afraid of real heat and Buddy Landell had real heat. He wasn't afraid of real heat. But um that that was a, a really kind of cool era to be in the business. And, and it got. It, if you look it up, uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, any of those matches on there, there, there was something for everybody, I think.
1: Then the next night, the Smoky Mountain Brawl in the Hall at Freedom Hall. You guys beat the gangsters in the main event, but the co-main event is an interesting one. The Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Championship, Dirty White Boy against... Jerry, the King of Lawler, who was a Smoky Mountain champion. So you guys again are the main event over a world title match. I love that. Was it a world title match? No, it's just Lawler. It a Smoky Mountain wouldn't World Title, though. Yeah, Smoky Mountain you. Yeah, went. This
0: is uh, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, but it's not. But, but, but we never said the world title. It's just Smoky Mountain title. See. Oh, we're, right, right, right. Yeah, Smoky yeah. Mountain. yeah. I always say yeah.
1: world. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I had, you know, I went off on a kid in the dressing room one time because he said something about the. Boston world title or something like this? And no, dude, it's not a it's not a world title. Please defend it one night right. a month. Yeah, anyway, but um, no, yeah. Well, again, I think Jim put us there, and that's uh, we got that big main event pay as well. <laughs> so, so you know that's he was he was wanting to get the main event payoff.
1: And then the following night after that, at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum, this is even the main event over the Smoky Mountain to Smoky Mountain title matches, so Bobby Blaze beats Lawler to win the title, Bobby Blaze then beats Buddy Landell, but this six-man tag main event, this is a huge. You and Cornette, with obviously Jimmy Delray, defeat D'Lo and the, the Gangsters with Bullet Bob Armstrong as a referee, so this is a huge star-studded match.
0: Well, again, um, I don't remember how we got into that one, but I do know this, that Bob was a, a huge star in uh, Knoxville many, many years ago with the Welches and the Fullers. And, of course, he was a commissioner in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, so that was obviously going to help us in Knoxville. And and the the great thing about Knoxville is it had that – it still has that feel. They still have the Coliseum here. And WWE still runs house shows here. Uh, But it had that feeling with Smoky Mountain Wrestling that I remember um, as a kid with – the El Paso County Coliseum, or the Sam Houston Coliseum, the Knoxville Civic Coliseum. Uh, they had that same vibe, that same uh, intensity, and you had these guys like New Jack Mustafa and D-lo coming out, and, and now, by God, you got these sons of bitches, the Heavenly Bodies, that no-good bastard Jim Cornette, but, but what's the Georgia are going to do? You damn sure no ain't going to side with them gangsters. You know what I mean? But you want to yep. see how it's all going to play out. And, uh, so, yeah, that, that was... Uh, those are some uh,
1: pretty good times. Where would you rank the gangsters? Not all time, but like uh, other teams you faced, maybe Rock and Roll Express, maybe the best. But where do you kind of rank the gangsters? Ah, wow, That's
0: kind of interesting. Of course, yeah, we've, we've got to go with Rock and Roll. It's going to be number one. Um, yeah, we had the Fantastics, but but mm-hmm. they but it was Tommy and Jackie, and I'm not I I can't. Bobby and Jackie yeah Bobby yeah. and Jackie, yeah i'm sorry uh i yeah i I would have to put the gangsters two or three, certainly uh, rock and rolls number one, but definitely gangsters maybe probably number two, and again, just for the intensity and for the promos and for the for the believability and and uh then acting and and being um uh part of something special. That uh, uh, we didn't know how it was going to impact them at the time, but I think again, you know, it goes along with D-lo getting his feet his teeth cut here, you know, New Jack and uh, Mustafa, they got to try the, the the gangsters out here too, first time, you know, so uh, it was something that was created in Smoky Mountain and they carried it with them all the way down. So, uh, yeah, it was. It was a. I, I think they would definitely have to rank up as. Uh, the number two team <laughs> Of course we're going to put Heavenly
1: Bodies number two We'll put them three
0: But no I mean that we faced Yeah we'll, we'll put the gangsters number
1: two Now this is a crazy question But did you guys ever have any fear Wrestling them not from them But from riots they may cause from the crowd
0: I didn't And I don't think Jim and Jimmy did either I really don't I think that um, You know I I <laughs> I didn't get scared too much with that because I've seen it growing up a little bit. I've seen a couple fights in the crowd and I've seen uh guys get attacked. One 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 time I saw Gary Hart in Houston coming back with the spoiler, Don Jardine, and he had this the US heavyweight title they used in Texas. And the crowd starting the the cops were taking Gary and Spoiler out, but uh, the crowd started just getting in, and the cops couldn't fight them off, so they started swinging. Well, Gary took the belt and just helicoptered around his head, and everybody scattered and they ran back to the dressing room. Um, going out with the gangsters, you know, you could feel the temperature in the in the crowd was getting kind of hot, uh, but I think we were always ready. I'm pretty sure Jimmy wants to, just kind of looking over your shoulder. But, but I never was scared. It never scared me. I don't think we're always looking to, to see how how
1: high we could raise the temperature. With the gangsters in Smoky Mountain, the way they kind of exited and really just kind of left high and dry and went to ECW, any like heat there, or anything, we're like, wow, that you know they didn't do the right business there.
0: Uh, you'd have to ask Jimmy about that because I don't know the circumstances. I don't think we were there when they left. Um, so whatever happened happened. And I think there was, I don't, I don't know the facts. I, I just, I, I, I heard Jim say whenever uh, not too long ago or whenever it was that we, we talked about it, that, uh, his, his issues, issues with new Jack had subsided and they saw each other and said, hello and were pleasant and cordial. So, uh, if there were some, I'm sure. And and if there were, I'm sure there were. If they just left high and dry, didn't talk to him about it, or didn't say anything, well, of course, there's going to be some feelings. But um, time goes on,
1: and uh, I, I think I think they got over it. I think that those two have a lot more in common than people would think. Just so oh,
0: oh, definitely. I would, too. I agree with you
1: 100%. I think that's why there's mutual respect there. Both great talkers. New Jack is such a great talker. And I thought Mustafa, kind of an underrated guy to kind of have as your backup. I mean, his look alone is just scary as hell, but he's in such great shape. It's like, man, you know, don't fuck with this guy. Like, Or, you know, the little guy is talking shit either. No.
0: Yeah. But, but you looked at all of them. And, again, once they walked walked in the building and then they walked out uh the entrance to go to their match, um, they, they had that. That vibe, they had that energy. They had uh, something about them that said, we are badasses, and uh,
1: uh, they were. So, Kind of going back to the Viceland documentary, he did kind of skirt trouble in a lot of ways. I mean, the Vic Grimes incident, he definitely got lucky that Vic Grimes didn't end up dead. I mean, he literally tased him and threw him off of the scaffold and... And didn't care like where he landed. That was like holy crap. Well, now when I think Vic did that to him first, right?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. He was like, but, 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 but that's the thing. It was I, I believe it goes back to. Um, real quick, I don't know if you're going to ask me something, but I was going to say about, say about this because, I, I think it goes back to the respect thing. I don't think Vic ever called him. I don't think Vic ever checked on him. I don't think. Yes. and And not, yep. not that it was right what New Jack did but at the same time in his mind there's got to be some retribution and if you don't care then I don't care is what I think Jack thought and you know again that goes back to having a code if, if something happens and it's an accident by all means uh, accidents happen but yep. this where you handle it and if
1: you don't handle it the right way then it'll be handled another way I guess yeah, it's another time where the guy kind of a little bit of a uh, disrespect you injure the guy, basically you crack his skull open, and then you don't give him a call or say, "Hey, you okay?" or "Sorry, I hurt you," or anything like that. It's not good.
0: No, no, it's just it's it's just uh, I would say protocol.
1: It's just something you do if you if you're a pro. Now, as far as New Jack, I think this is probably a, a good wrapping point, and we'll kind of just go into the plugs and talk a little bit about JP Wrestling Academy dot com and. Everything you got going on at JPWA, obviously the school is closed right now, but what are you guys doing as far as maybe videos or some Facebook Live things you guys got going on? What is going on in the world of JPWA?
0: Uh, well, we're actually taking the hi- hiatus. I did
1: a uh, Snake Pit Pro
0: Facebook Live um, earlier, this, earlier last week, and we put it up there. But for right now, uh, a lot of our guys have gone home because we really didn't have anybody from Knoxville. Uh, I've given uh, a couple people videos to watch and homework to do. But other than that, we're just waiting along with everybody else
1: to uh, see what our next move is. Give me an example of some videos you gave them to watch. That's interesting.
0: Well, we had Terry Funk and Harley Race again. Uh, J.J. Dillon on Lex Luger, talent given an opportunity, Um, just talking about things like what do you have to do to get an opportunity? What is – what's the game we had that that's November 25th 2017 JJ J. Dillon on JJ J. Dillon on Lex Luger uh Luger on difficulty of being a babyface um T- Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard there's a couple matches out there but certainly their I Quit match uh Jim Cornette came gave one away on his podcast Lawler versus Terry Funk in Memphis 1981 and uh so yeah those are those are a couple of them and i put some more
1: on uh on online god earlier this week too the empty arena match funk versus lawler which a lot of people are now getting used to wrestling in empty arenas right right but this is this is before the empty
0: arena. this is 1981 this is a a great match where uh everybody's standing and, and it's just the drama the story um So it, it, again, goes back to the basics, fundamentals. Every time I say that and, and we want to watch a match or I want to watch a match from, let's say, the 80s or even the 70s, I know the 1970s are so far, far away. I'm not saying do the same match, but what I'm saying is look at how they're uh, rolling out the story look at what they are doing look at they're closing the gap if they're giving uh the guy enough room is it timing watch how they they took their time in between so i'm not saying we do the same match but i'm saying there's different elements in the match we watch and we take away and then the rest of the match goes on we don't pay attention to that and then, <laughs> then we watch how you, the guy's selling in the corner selling on the ropes or uh again pacing timing and uh closing the gap so
1: there's a lot of elements uh involved in this and th- that is like a pretty awesome like homework assignment imagine you know my teacher being like oh you gotta watch funk versus race or you know or uh dory funk against briscoe against jack briscoe for the nwa title i mean or like you said lawler versus funk another awesome one that is just some awesome homework assignment you're handed out there i think so it's pretty awesome now, as far as some other plugs, there of course is Pro Wrestling Tees. You have a Pro Wrestling Tees store, so does JPWA. I highly recommend the Wanted Dead or Alive shirt. Also, Patreon. You have a Patreon page where it's set up. You can support JPWA and become a patron. Still some great training tips and tools and stuff people can use while. The school is on a hiatus. You can still learn and kind of do your craft and still stay in shape, but definitely would recommend that. You can check me out on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check out Dr. Tom at Dr. Tom Pritchard. Obviously, there will be no uh, upcoming events anytime soon, right? No, not yet. And. I just want to say this as well. I know there's a pandemic going on. There's so many other things going on, but you could still stay in shape, right? I mean, you could still work out, watch some tapes, but you could still on your own figure out how to stay in shape and and work on techniques and holds, right?
0: Well, of course, yeah, and I think it's all up to you as well. Um, You can watch the matches. You can figure out a way to uh, work on your punches, Uh, tie a piece of string, Um, let it hang down, and, and hit the string. We're calling punches. If you hit, the, if you can touch the string without making it move, you got it. And uh, takes practice, practice, practice. But yeah, stay in shape. Uh, do some walking. Do some jogging. Just keep six feet away from everybody.
1: Right. Social distancing is the key right now. And Doctor Tom, awesome episode as usual from you and i implore everybody to stick with us every week and thank you for joining us once again for taking you to school with dr tom pritchard we will see you next week folks thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling what the world is downloading